This episode of Beats and Bleeps features conversations about adult video games and features some discussion about sexual themes and contains strong language. Hello, welcome to the Beats and Bleeps podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. Today, my guest is Adam Foley. Uh, how are you today, Adam? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Very cold, but it's winter, <laughs> so can't really complain too much. This is what happens. Um, oh, you can. No, I- no one will listen, though. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I can and will. It just won't do anything. Good man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, generally where I uh, sort of start off the uh, interview is kind of your your musical journey as such, like how you, your sort of musical origins growing up and how you ultimately came to writing soundtracks for video games. Oof, how long you got? <laughs> <laughs> um, I know, I've never really had to do like the full version before um <laughs> i will try condense it for you because otherwise we'll be here for days <laughs> um it started out as being like a 10 year old and then remember back in the day you'd get like um things and pack of, um, packs of kellogg cereal packs yeah um yeah we used to get like cd-roms where um you get like all, all these samples um, and then you just kind of like put them together and like loot them to make a track. And I thought that was pretty cool, but nothing ever really came of it. Um, and then in high school, I started playing guitar because that was like the in thing for the week. So like, you know, all these kids got their parents to buy them like $300 starter of guitar and amp kits. And then kind of like just push it to the side when the, the next thing came on the next week. But I decided I liked it. So I kind of like um, kept going with it. Um, and then throughout the years, there was just little kind of little things that kind of like pushed me in that direction of other way of music and stuff. Like my brother is such a huge influence on me and all the stuff that he's done. And like he helps me, like he helps me with all the gear that I get. Like, um, he helps me set everything up, uh, everything up. Um, and then yeah um he does his own recording with his bands and stuff so like yeah i've just always kind of like been in that environment thanks to him um i think the catalyst one day was i was going to work and then lady gaga's poker face came on in the car Banger. and i was thinking this is a like this would make a really cool metal screamo cover thing <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah because i used to have these thoughts but like those sorts of thoughts and then but this one like just really kind of stuck with me um so then i was like well how do i do this i need to learn how to record properly and then um i found there was a place called sae in, in my uh, city of perth western australia and then um i went there and then i learned um i learned how to do all that like the recording stuff and i got my degree in audio production um but i dropped out uh just doing the diploma instead of the bachelor because i was one of the lucky ones i was actually offered work um like doing live sound around the city so i i started doing that a little bit um and then a mutual friend um of me and the person that i'm with now he's like hey i know there's someone um who's just starting out to do the youtube thing i was like he needs someone to do like do like, a couple of theme songs for this um uh, these web shows that he's making like this was 2012 so the youtube was you know still kind of yet to peak so um those kind of things they weren't really oversaturated so like it was getting some pretty good views and stuff so like, yeah no worries um i'll give it a go so i met up with him at a mcdonald's at two in the morning because i th- and i remember thinking that was really really dodgy but yeah we <laughs> sat there until like 6 a.m we just immediately clicked 
um and yeah it just kind of it just kind of went from there really um we became to be like really good mates and it, it helps that um but we live just uh, down the road from each other as well like as fate would have it um but it, it's even got to the point where a couple of years ago uh we got married uh two weeks apart of each other oh and we we're both in each other's bridal parties so that <laughs> <laughs> so that was stressful but it was good um but yeah so from 2012 we just kind of kept going at it we started uh, we're making like all these well he was making these uh silly videos um and then i just kept doing the music um and then one day he decided he wanted to do a game i'm like yeah whatever sounds good <laughs> i just enjoy making music um and then we made one game and we made another and then another and then we just kept making games um and then one of them um eventually got accepted onto steam that's called shady loot cart which i um i imagine we'll get uh into it yeah. into it a little bit later on um but yeah that, that got accepted onto steam and stuff um and then everything just kind of like snowballed from there um and it's been huge since like 2018 2019 which when that happens and i've met all these like, amazing people and have all these incredible opportunities um and now i'm here <laughs> excellent i mean there's a there's a few like re- weird cultural things that i'm going to pull apart from that and no, not Good. really much to do with the your musical journey just that fascination i mean one things in cereal packets that's i that's not a thing anymore here I don't know if it still is there or like just nah, toys or anything. I blame Jamie Oliver for that. I'm not sure if it is his fault, but anything ruining oh, food. Kids were getting fat. Yeah, that's his fault. <laughs> yeah. So if you give them, you give them a toy, then it's incentivizing buying unhealthy food. So I blame Jamie Oliver that kids aren't getting free music software with their cereal now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, I could easily turn this entire podcast into serial brand marketing strategies because I watched a documentary on that the other night and that was fascinating. <laughs> but I like, I digress. Yeah, that's that would be great, but I feel we're missing what, what we came here to talk about. But um, the other thing, so this is um, this bit, this may be just either an, a, a Britain thing or a specific part of England I grew up in or. Well, lived in but mcdonald's that are open 24 hours for one thing but also some of them in the city i spent most of my life living in coventry have bouncers on the door of mcdonald's is that the same in australia <laughs> what? no yep. yeah so we're just terrible then that's fine you're just terrible yeah hang on hang on the other bouncers they're after like certain hours or are they just there all the time no they're there after certain times so like because because they're like open and generally any sort of anything that's open after 11 o'clock just attracts drunken people and drunken people we know generally can't behave so yeah some of them have bouncers on oh yeah um that's not yeah this was 10 years ago mind you so we they, they actually stopped like having the restaurant part open after like 11 p.m. because people just st- kept getting stabbed. It was terrible. <laughs> God, um, terrible. <laughs> uh, what a world! You go to get you go to get a Big Mac and you get stabbed. Yeah. Um, 
So, so before um, your friends started making games, were you quote unquote a gamer before before working on them, or was that something that came about um, from that? Not really. Like even now, I don't really play video games. I just make them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like th- this year's kind of big game was Persona Five Royal, and last year's big game was Yakuza Five. And uh, I don't know. Like with all the limited time I have. Um, by doing things like that, like playing games or whatever, I somehow keep managing to pick the hundred hour plus ones. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, I usually get burnt out because I'm literally playing one game all year. But um, when I was younger, uh, sort of, like, I just kind of picked the the games of the series that I'd like, like Sonic and Tekken, and I think that was about it, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, Crash Bandicoot on the PlayStation One um, back in those days. Classic. Um, a couple of spires here and there, but I've, I've never really kind of considered myself as a proper gamer before. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm just in it for the memes. <laughs> That's fair enough. It's a good good thing to be in it for. Um, so going back to what you mentioned with the the first, not the first game you worked on, but the first game that was kind of published on Steam, so Shady Lude Cart. You mentioned that was from um, your the friend that decided to make games. Well, obviously that is a, I mean, adult game. With is adult game the nicest way of saying it? I'm not sure. I'm just not, <laughs> um, not sure how to. Like, I don't want to offend yeah. anyone, but yeah, it's obviously no. got had adult themes and nudity and such. Yeah, um, essentially we we like to call it Mario Kart with tits. Yeah, I mean, I can remember reading the reviews on the Steam page, and someone basically said that instead of a banana for that you throw, it throws wet pants. And it's like, okay, that's yeah. that's nice. It's that nice. It's market. Um, so, I mean, obviously, in terms of like writing that soundtrack, what was sort of your mindset? Because it's, uh, I mean, I've only watched videos, but obviously, there's the kind of carton bit, but then there's also other bits to the game as such so like this <laughs> like the, uh, the icing on the top kind of thing yeah literally yeah nice. um, <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> honestly man the, the reason why i've stuck around uh with ross a lot i can't believe i haven't i've name dropped him yeah uh, hi ross sorry mate <laughs> <laughs> um but the reason why i've uh, stuck around with ross so much is because like he is a proper gamer like you go into his office like he built um, an additional third of his house and that's just his office and like his video game collection it's one of the best things i've ever seen nice um so like he, he's a gamer at heart um and there are lots of uh adults not say for work rog uh h games whatever title you want to call them um there are so many of those games like that but they're um they're really just uh, shovelware games. Like you try to get to the fan service as quick as possible. Yeah. Um, but with his, with our games, with his games at Shady Corner, like we make sure that the fan, like the um, the foundation of the gameplay is there first. Like if you took away all the adult content parts, you'd still have a solid kart racing game because yeah. you just put that much love into it. Um, like we've got. Um, We've got another game out uh, just released recently, actually, called Slangular Smoothies. And yep. it's, um, uh, he's going to kill me if I don't get this right. It's like uh, the one, two mix up games similar yeah. to Dr. Mario ish. Um, um, and again, 
uh, the same with that. If you took out all the adult games, like it'll still be a solid game to play. Um, but like, yeah, but that's just like his niche. That's what he started out doing with the adult stuff. And um, yeah, that's what we will continue to do because frankly, man, people are horny. So you've got to capitalize <laughs> on it. Oh, definitely. I mean, um, I was talking about it, um, the two games with my partner and kind of like, oh, I mean, we both play like Sebrakagora and the Galgan games and stuff that are just, you know, it, on their own. They're good games, but, you know, you wouldn't play them if it wasn't basically for the tits. So, yeah, that that's it. Um, so, like, the way I see it is like you play a good game and then you get some fan service um, yeah. to, to reward yourself. Um, but with in um, regards to your question of like how I approached making the music for this type of game um because like it's essentially like a kart racer first and adult game stuff uh adult game like later added on top kind of thing i just approached it as like literally any other game that i'd work on so like, all right cool so you got the standard kind of speedway track so we'll just model that after luigi circuit from mario kart 64 with like lots of brass and stuff yeah. and then You've got, like, the kind of mud arena track. Um, that can be, like, dirty, dis- uh, distorted guitars with, like, kind of steel drums, sort of akin to um, Tiny's Arena in Crash Team Racing sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I didn't go into these projects. I'm like, oh, I'm going to make... <laughs> I'm going to write music for porn. Where's my wah pedal on my guitar kind of thing? <laughs> it's like, uh, I've got to suit the visuals on the screen, which is, like, mainly just um but to just like a fundamental kart racer sort of thing or even slime girl smoothies is like a, a sort of club lounge game um so i've made like this kind of um how do you describe them lounge like chill beat like lounge beats yeah yeah um have you played many of the yakuza games i've played y- uh, kiwami um like the first the first game but the re master remake of it but um i've watched my partner play quite a few of them because she's a massive fan oh that this might help me actually uh so you know the mini games where you go to the um the cabaret clubs yes 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 you know that um the music in the background yeah the kind of like chill yeah that's that's the um exactly what i went for slime girls yes it was directly off the yakuza um hostess (laughs) mini game (laughs) yeah Uh, I, I mean, um, so Slime Girl Smoothies is obviously it's a puzzle game, but like the main premise is you kind of mixing drinks in a bar. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously that's, you know, that sort of, I mean, it remind, I, I'm not sure of the, the marketing line for that one if Shady Lude Kart was Mario Kart with tits, but there's a game Valhalla that it looks very similar to, but that's kind of like the, that's more of like a visual novel rather than puzzle game, but it's like, yeah, mixed drinks for people, but with tits i'm okay. guessing again <laughs> yeah well this one they actually they literally uh, make the cocktails in their tits like that's where they kind of shake them up okay that's... And, and and then to, to squeeze out the the little well, yeah use your imagination <laughs> more more unrealistic beauty standards for women <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and it would be a nice time to listen to a track from the Slime Girls Smoothies soundtrack. This is the main title theme. 
So I mean, would would you have taken like the it, when if the premise of these games was pitched to you as a game, would you have taken them if it wasn't your friend doing them? Or yes, um, again because like the they're actually putting love and care into the games to making sure they play well yeah. instead of like oh these kind of gacha games where. Oh, was it like three clicks and like, oh look it's tit straight away kind of thing and yeah um yeah i, I just want to say oh gotta phrase this carefully <laughs> <laughs> these kinds of games i will like gladly take on as long as i can see the love's been put in yeah like i, I don't want to really put my name on to these um yeah these real cheap shovelware sort of games um they're just like out there to make a quick buck that's that's not how i do things yeah, so it's like the sort of ones where it's basically just a jigsaw puzzle or something like that, and that's that's about it. <laughs> you know all those uh, ads and stuff, like, make you come in seven seconds kind of thing? Like, yes. Yeah, I wouldn't do that kind of thing. But that's the exact opposite of what I'm trying to go for. Yeah, I'm not sure what ads you're going on. I don't go on that bit of the internet, honest. <laughs> I do have to kind of go um, to those websites anyway because I still need to do some kind of research yeah. and get some oh, references yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, you need to know your 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 market as such. So you know. Yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've found those ads on like when I've tried to go on websites for coding tutorials for when I'm doing university assignments and stuff like that. So it's not even like oh, they exist in some really weird shady part of the internet that you <laughs> yeah. you know they are just sort of. I think you you put the the link on and it's like you know the Google AdSense and it just kind of. I, I fear maybe they're targeted now and I'm like really exposing myself <laughs> <laughs> happens to the best of us my friend it does it does so you've not like you've not noticed any any issues like with have do, doing those games or anything from it at all like um not really because I'm still like really small fry true like, I've like, only I've only been on Twitter for like a year um and after that, I rarely had any kind of like online presence with game music, at least. Um, so yeah, hasn't yeah, no issues here really. Ah, nice. I mean, yeah, it's. I find it's one of those things where it's like the people that get offended or upset by things like that, and it's like it's not hurting anyone because one, anyone that doesn't want to play it doesn't have to play it. And two, you know, <laughs> exactly. no one, no one under the age of eighteen or whatever the age of consent or should be playing it anyway. So you know, if it's that sort of thing where parents are moaning about it, then actually don't let your kid do it. I'm, I'm sure that's how parenting works. I'm not a parent, so but yeah, I'm, don't don't let your kid play adult-rated games if they're not an adult. I don't don't know how that's difficult. Yeah, pr- pretty much. It's, like, it's common sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I say this as someone whose mum bought him Grand Theft Auto 3 when he was like 12, but I've turned out all yeah, right. Yeah, that was the norm back then, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. And I mean, it's like, it's like, yeah, okay, you can pick up prostitutes in Grand Theft Auto, but in that one, I'm pretty sure they just sit next to you in the car and the car rocks side to side. So. <laughs> It wasn't until uh, Grand Theft Auto Five Hot Coffee mod that really got the parents snickers in the twist. Yeah, I mean that was the other thing. That was that wasn't actually like it was in the final code, wasn't it? But it wasn't actually you. You yeah. had to do something to it was, make it happen. So it again, was cut for a reason. <laughs> yeah. So so if your kid's playing that, 
they've gone out of their way to play it <laughs> and you should be proud of them for being able to modify a video game <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it um and then they can get into coding like everyone else and yeah like and who knows there's the next generation of game devs right there yeah there's like how did you how did you you know the next social media platform which is probably needed now based upon everything that's going on it's like so how did you get into coding it's like oh yeah i just wanted to uh wanted to play the hot coffee mod in grand theft auto san andreas like, oh, okay <laughs> it was either that or just becoming a coder trying to change the colors on your MySpace profile uh, 50 uh, don't remind me uh, did you ever do that yeah i i okay. uh, this is this is going to be like a really niche reference for people that weren't of that era or didn't do that but i i went to the effort of having one where it kind of like completely removed every sort of trace of the existing myspace page and just had like almost an entirely custom page on top of it (laughs) and it was it was some next level wankery it really was (laughs) it was like it was i think it was just like everything was it was like one solid image that was broken up with links it was like a proper full-on web page template and it was all just white and red and black and uh i yeah if i find a picture of it i look back like i mean i look back at pictures of me when i was on myspace and it's like who is this skinny pasty emo head fuck like (laughs) that was one thing i never did i never went through the emo phase uh i mean i I, I I had like the whole the whole dress and get up, but I don't. I I never. It's really weird because like I really like the music now, but back then when I was like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, I was like so adverse to it. It's like no, and it's like listening to death metal and stuff like that, and trying not to not to fall into the stereotype. And it's just like oh no, I've became another stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good yeah it's just like i look back at pictures and it's like i i thought i looked like the absolute tits and it's like no <laughs> i look like a, a I, I don't know how much of a reference this is going to be but i look like gail platt from coronation street with black hair <laughs> i am familiar of coronation street thanks to my grandmother but i have yet to see it uh i know Lister from red dwarf was in it yeah, I think he's still in it. I can't remember, but of yeah, Craig, Craig Charles in between Red Dwarf series. <laughs> yeah, I mean he, uh, he's so Craig Charles was the it was Craig Charles that was Lister. I'm not getting confused with it. Yeah, yeah, but he's uh, at one point in his career, he was like, "Oh, I'm doing this fucking space comedy and also the commentary <laughs> on a robot fighting program." And it's like, and he's like, "What am I doing with my life?" And then he looked at the ratings, and they were the two highest-rated programs on British television at the point. <laughs> I'm Craig Charles. Welcome to Robot Wars. Yeah, ah, oh, great. He also has a Funk and Soul radio show on BBC Radio Two. Not an advert. It's just a great radio show. You know what? Good. Yeah. I'm glad that exists. Yeah. I gotta check that out. <laughs> you you should. He's uh he's a national treasure, but no one will ad- admit that. I mean, I don't know anything about him personal life and stuff like that. I like to think that if you've not heard anything about people in their personal life, they're probably not a bad person. But yeah. I don't <laughs> want to be like, Craig Charles is a national treasure and then someone messages me going, Oh yeah, you know he he 
sows kids milk that's gone off and forces them <laughs> to drink it and it's like oh you know he shows pigeons yeah it's like ah okay but yeah i've not heard any of those stories so either he's a good guy a normal guy or well they just haven't come out yet yeah he's very good at hiding it (laughs) (laughs) so after after the uh the slightly craig charles divergence there talk about the sort of uh the net the next game you worked on that i'm, I'm assuming frogan frogan was separate from the like is a separate sort of company from the shady shady corner games uh sort of yes but no okay um it, it was very easy for me to get the frogan gig because morgado um who made frogan is the coder for shady lewd cart uh, okay so i just kind of so i just kind of like just stepped on <laughs> yeah so it's just li- literally you'd worked worked before with them on, on um on shady lewd cart they're aware of aware of you you're aware of them kind of an easy sort of they don't have to look for a music guy and it was yeah. just fairly straightforward yeah pretty much because he'd heard all my stuff anyway because <laughs> he was literally getting the file tracks that i sent over and then putting them in the game so he'd heard it all anyway so he um yeah i think he uh he hadn't he was curious to see if i could do the style of what frogon is yeah um because it's not too similar to what uh shady loot card is because that's more of a racing so it's like a more high octane kind of thing yeah very fast paced um but he he heard like all the sounds and stuff so he's like if you can just do the sounds but like kind of slow it down a bit it'll be perfect and um yeah eventually got there in the end and yeah i signed on yeah, nice. So, what was the sort of? I mean, was that was that the pitch? Uh, the same sort of thing as Shady Lude Cart, but just slower. Or was there? I mean, because the game itself, it really reminds me of sort of old school PS One platformers, like you know, Spyro, Mega Man Legends. Is it Mega Man Legends? Okay. I mean, I definitely get um, Croc from. Oh but... yeah, Croc. Just uh, any like kind of like low low poly platformer action adventure type thing. Yeah. Um. I started talking to Morgado through uh, Ross or Shades, as he's uh, known by on his online handle. Yep. Um, we started talking through there, started hashing things out. Um, and, yeah, we just kind of went from there. And it was just me and him. And uh, James C. Hoffman did the mastering for the soundtrack as well. Um, but outside the publisher, it was just us three for the entire game. No, oh, nice. So it's very small team. I mean, is that yeah. fa- is that fa- fairly the same with the um, Shady Corner games as well, like a fairly smallish team? um sort of yes but no because shady corner games is also a publisher as well so like he gets other teams in but for the first party ones um like the the core team is uh shades he's like he just puts everything together um there's morgado the coder there's ducky the artist and i did the music um so again um like quite a small team yeah so what was what was with with frogan what was this sort of like pitch for the sound that they wanted for that i mean obviously the game itself goes through i've only got a, a little bit into it so but you know there's different obviously areas and stuff so i'm guessing you could different sounds for the cave levels and stuff like that yeah um the pitch uh for the music was like this kind of it needed to sound retro like 8-bit or 16-bit um, so I sended us sended. <laughs> I sent a couple of demos through, um, but it was all like very synthy 
um, and stuff. And it was sounded very quite like monotonous to begin with. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it got to the second level deep jungle where it was like, we can, we can have retro elements, but if, if it's just the same thing throughout the whole game, like all the same sounds, it's going to have, like it's going to be very monotonous. It's not going to have much life and there's going to be no color in it. Um, so the compromise was that I'd kind of like keep the um, uh, the same kind of synth bass throughout the entire thing. Like that was its kind of uh, signature sound. And then um, anything else, uh, depending on what world it was, I would just have uh, sounds that kind of um, complemented the levels. Yeah. So like um, the le- the fire worlds would be brass, um, deep jungle, like lots of flutes and stuff. Um, then you got like snow, so there's like, I don't know why I put a banjo in the snow mountain track, but it hey it worked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you and then can, there's um, always the... oh sorry, I was gonna say with with snow levels, there's always that sort of like I can't think what it would be called, but like that plinky sort of sound that people use, like yeah, and it's like oh okay, but like I mean a banjo could kind of be that, but also I mean I don't I don't know is it like strong banjo or plucked? I mean. That's plucked. Plucked, yeah. So I mean, it's kind of kind of the same, but also different enough that it's not doesn't fall into the. I can't think of the word now. <laughs> the trap of it being like a bit too obvious. Yeah, that's it. Um, so yeah, essentially, we wanted to go retro, and then the first couple of tracks it turned out to be too retro, so we dialed it back a bit, and then we found this kind of like happy, safe medium kind of thing, and then we just went from there. Yeah. Um, it was my first time ever writing to screen as well because he made all these cutscenes and had to write the music, like uh, depending on what happens um, on the screen. Yeah, that was interesting. That was challenging, but yeah, it was awesome. It was a great end result. So is that is that with um, with with that is that the soundtrack is like reactive to certain things or is it just? Where when you were composing it, you kind of had these cutscenes as such, and you you wrote the music to fit that, and then that's how it exists in the game. Uh, yeah. So, like the whole soundtrack was just I'll make a one minute, two minute loop, um, and then so I can loop obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, when it came to the cutscenes, um, like I had to write through that because he'd already made the animatic, like it's already bounced and stuff. Yeah. Um, so just easier if I did the that. But I got there at the end, and yeah, I'm really happy with the end result. Yeah, cool. And I mean, like, with with the games, what was a sort of, um, with Rogue, what was, like, the expectation for that? And then, because obviously that's now been, that been picked up by Limited Run for a physical publishing of it. Yes. Yeah. So is that kind of like a bit out there for what the expectations were, or? Uh, yeah, there was a bit of pressure. Um, I won't lie, because we had a Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, for us, and we met the goal in two hours. <laughs> um, mm. and we ended up making double the budget, so they ended up being uh, more worlds, small levels, and um, in consequence, more music. Um, so yeah, we felt the pressure. Uh, throughout the whole thing but uh, i think that we've really pulled through and i'm so proud of mogado for just hanging on in there the the past the, the last few weeks of production because things got pretty shaky because like not only was he working on um 
on Freygun, but he was also doing all the games for Shady Corner at the same time. Yeah. So he stretched himself really thin, um, but he managed to pull himself through, and I'm really proud of him. Oh, cool. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm guessing if you do a Kickstarter and it ends up getting double the money, it's like, okay, now we we really, really need to absolutely nail this. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, is that is that? I'm guessing that's the first game that's had like a, a physical release that you've worked on. Yeah. So that's that would be yeah, cool um, when when you'll be able to actually go to a a store when it's actually physically made and be like, it's mine. I did that. So we were able to get um, physical distribution for most uh, regions in the world except for Australia. Oh. Yeah. So. Like I kept telling everyone that oh it's going to be on store shelves it's going to be on store shelves like JB Hi-Fi and then I was like <laughs> I was told no Adam I'm like oh <laughs> I don't want people to think I lied so I'm just waiting for someone to send me a picture of it on the shelf like that'll yeah. be I'll be happy with that when it when it is because I think I think when I looked it's next like early next year it's supposed to actually be physically released isn't it yeah yeah i will i will go into one of the game game stores near me and take a picture if it's there and if if it's not then you've lied to me <laughs> no if it's not there it's just sold out <laughs> uh, there we go um but yeah I, I i do find like australia still suffers a little bit from but I mean, I, this may be kind of very specific to, well, specific to Europe, that very small thing. But like, but in the 90s when games were released and you would get it in America or Asia, but not in Europe, and it's like we missed out on so many games, I still feel like Australia suffers from that a little bit with physical game release. Obviously, digital is a whole different thing, but like people just kind of forget about Australia because it's PAL, but then it's the other side of the world. Oh yeah, we suck. <laughs> but we don't get anything, especially in Perth. Like yeah. we are the most isolated city in the world. Nothing comes here, not even COVID. Uh well, that's probably a good thing in some respects. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's like yeah, we don't get all this popular stuff. Some of some of the popular stuff that isn't very good. You don't want it. <laughs> I went to an Offspring concert last night because they were here after however many years, um, and I was joining in the chat just online after a little bit and one of the comments was um no it's gone <laughs> i was thinking it was one of the comments going to be like oh my god this band this this new band's going to take the world by storm or something like that <laughs> no it, it was it was something to do with um like ba- bands hardly ever come to australia because it's so far away but yeah. in perth they have to travel all this way and then travel even further to get to us yeah it's only i mean this is where i'm my my australian geography is going to be awful but like perth's really the only sort of major city on the west coast yeah pretty much yeah so yeah it's and obviously i think people kind of forget that australia is fucking massive (laughs) yeah like we're the biggest island in the world and it's mostly desert yeah i think people like I mean the portrayal of of Australia in the in like you know neighbours and home and away and this is my cultural reference for Australia so I'm really sorry but it's like oh this this all these just nice cute little surfing towns sleepy seaside things it's like yeah but then there's the whole of a bit of it that's this massive island of 
deserts and all this stuff and it's just like an absolutely massive landmass and you kind of forget like from one side to the other is genuinely like thousands of miles <laughs> yeah like you know in america how there's like people like ev- um like in the center of the country as well yeah we don't get that we are literally just the coast yeah because <laughs> everything in the middle will kill us <laughs> yeah that's that's the common thing that everyone thinks is like everything in australia will kill you <laughs> <laughs> well they're not half wrong yeah i mean it does have the an amazing collection of animals that just hate humans which is understandable <laughs> yeah um i was in bed last night and then it, it, you ever get like the feeling where just something's like above you yeah yeah i open my eyes and i see this white tail spider <laughs> just crawling <laughs> along the ceiling and i'm like, i'm glad i'm not asleep yet because uh, if that bit me that that would kill me yeah glad i'm not asleep now because i'm now not going to get to sleep <laughs> oh no you, you know i murdered it yeah <laughs> Just, oh yeah I, I had a bit too much fun but hey they try to kill us we yeah, can kill them too it's mutually assured destruction at that point <laughs> and that's enough about animals trying to kill you and i feel it's time to listen to a song from a game where animals are helping you this is a track from the frogan soundtrack this is deep jungle So, going back to sort of your um, soundtrack work and things, what what's typically your sort of um, setup for writing and recording? Is typically most stuff sample based, or do you record like real instrumentation as and when you can? Um, no, <laughs> no, it's mainly just samples. Um, but I th- this isn't a plug either. I use something called uh, Orchestral Companion. Um, and they're like one of the cheaper sort of like uh, orchestral um, sample sets yep. um, because like it's not really known, well known um, but I swear by it they're the most realistic ones I've ever heard in my life and I will just use them like all the time rest of my life they're so good um, and then I use 
east-west Goliath, which is like a little bit of everything um, from all their like uh, all their main packs. My mate Ben got me onto that, so thank you, Ben. Um, and then I have a I use Cubase. I used to use Pro Tools, but that is such a CPU-heavy program. Um, and then they went to subscription base. I'm like, I'm not paying like you know X amount every month to own something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm on Cubase now. I'm planning to upgrade to Cubase Pro, like the full version soon, um, because I find myself um, constantly reaching the track limit of MIDI instruments. <laughs> uh, so then I have to bounce it down to audio, and then delete the old one so I can make a new one. But for a new one after that, it's like uh, rinse, wash, and repeat. Um, and then, of course, if I bounce it to audio, I can't make any changes. So I have to delete that and then remember what I wrote and then start again. So, yeah, I'm just going to cop the 500 bucks and just get the full version with no restrictions. Yeah. I feel like when you when you first have it, it's, I don't know how many the how many tracks you're allowed. It's like, oh, I'll never get up to that many. Nowhere near. And it's like... I think um, it's like 20, 25 inst- uh, VST instrument tracks you can have. Yeah. Which isn't many in the long run. It's not. Like, I mean, I think when you're doing something fairly simple to start off with, you're probably like, oh, my God, I'm never going to use 25 instruments or, like, you know, 25 tracks in a in a, in a song ever. And, and it's like, oh, no. And then you, like, you know, especially if you've got different drum kits on different tracks and then you've got you're trying to do something a bit symphonic and you've got, like, a good few string instruments. It's like, soon goes. And it's like, oh okay <laughs> it's not a lot <laughs> yeah that's that's the thing because yeah. with Frogon, like i think every single song had minimum of like nine percussion tracks yeah. anyway like not drums percussion uh udos bongos tambourine shakers guiros just everything you can think of um and then like when it comes to the bigger ones like the finale there was like that and had all the orchestral pieces as well um but I, when it comes to guitar, like I, like I wouldn't say I'm a guitarist. Like I'd, I'd say I used to be a guitarist, but now I only play guitar when I have to. It's yeah. a really bad habit to be <laughs> in. But um, yeah, unfortunately, most of like my kind of music creation is um, just like clicking in the piano roll. Um, but yeah, I try to add like a little solo in here and there. There's a couple of guitar solos in the Slime Girl Smoothie track, which I just like very bluesy and very tasteful. Um, I try to play it fully, like the full solo, but um, it, it ends up using like pretty, pretty chopped up, um, just so I can get like, because I'm really, really intricate, like with my playing. I'm like, oh, okay, well, um, I took my hand off the strings wrong that time, so I've got to do another take and just stuff like that, and it ends up getting chopped up like that. Yeah. Um, some people would think it's like to say don't lie to your audience but because it's like going on table not tape, that's just an expression because it's going to be recorded like i will do anything i can to get to make it sound as best as possible yeah if that makes sense yeah i mean if it's if it's going in something that's permanent it's like if it's a live performance then yeah you're you wouldn't be oh no i completely messed this up if it's like a minor thing like you know a little bit of fret noise or something like that but if it's like in something and it's permanently going to be in it it's like well you might as well you know you've got the technology and tools to make it sound as perfect exactly, as you want yeah. so it's not lying to yeah. anyone because it's like the... you did play it just not in one go yeah <laughs> like who cares if it's just like 
note by note <laughs> um but yeah i i try to i think it's called i think it's called um comping because comping is where you do full takes of uh you do full takes of a piece and then you just like, kind of like you put them together for the best one and punching in is where you just like punch in certain notes and stuff yeah so i kind of do like a little bit of both um but for the most part i can play it uh whatever i write like completely just not very good yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean the thing is as well it's like never good well it's unlikely it will ever be a live performance so you can get away with writing something that's a bit unplayable because you know you're never probably going to actually have to play it in one go yeah pretty much that's it yeah so yeah for another piece of software that i use because i still live in 2005 i still find myself regularly using guitar pro yes I, I i just love it i love the um like the um what's the synth i've got it right here microsoft gs wavetable synth yeah so that's that's the um that's the engine whenever you your grandma goes on to like any websites in 1998 and she's like remember all the websites used to have um like uh, music playing because it was the late 90s or wasn't music it was just midi yeah and it had that real kind of familiar very homely like midi sounds yeah that's what guitar pro uses and i think that's why i use it i I just love the sound yeah it's it's that sort of like it's you know it's not a real recording of the instrumentation but it's like you kind of think it is in your head just because of how familiar it is and how much you heard it growing up that sound because it's like pc games back in the day used that sound set a lot as well it was just like okay this is real me this is the these are all real sounds to me (laughs) uh well honestly this might be a little bit of a humble brag but i'm like i'm one of those people that can make guitar pros sounding like good because um (laughs) because i I play with like the um the pitches like the forte and the fortissimo and stuff like that and then i do the panning and then all that and yeah i just like i know this website inside now because i've used it every day since 2005 so yeah yeah uh, even though the, the um like the distorted guitar sounds like a horn like if you do enough tweaking to it it sometimes sounds like a natural guitar yeah nice sort of yeah <laughs> uh, so in terms of like music you listen to um like on a day-to-day basis what sort of bands artists do you listen to and is there any sort of bands artists that you kind of attribute with you wanting to get into and work on music other than the lady gaga poker face Evie Ma- oh. hey. <laughs> um metallica trivium iron maiden interferum ill-disposed children abode um that's like my usual just go-to music nice. um who, who else um death clock scars on broadway just like those real heavy like guitar yeah. um kind of bass bands so even though like my uh favorite band in the world isn't part of them um yeah it's funny i i end up listening to um heavy metal more than like the genre that my favorite band is it's just it's, I, I gravitate to it more yeah so it's hard to explain but yeah um i think in my current moment i've got in the court of the dragon by trivium nice um oh Avenged sevenfold that's another huge one as well i recently did a track for uh shady Ludcup, um and he wanted it to sound chaotic so I did like a little Avenged Sevenfold tribute. So there's like just wailing guitars everywhere, like the, you know, the real kind of 
um, high whammy bends. Yeah, so, like the ones. Yeah, yeah, just those coming left and right, and yeah. Um, so Van Sevenwell is a big one. Um, but yeah, like my favorite band in the world is Offspring, but I find myself listening to anything other than the Offspring <laughs> at any given time. <laughs> ah, fair. And it would be a nice time to listen to the mentioned track from Shady Ludka. This is Sky Garage Storm, and hopefully you can hear the Avenged Sevenfold references in it. I mean, that kind of leads us on to uh the quick fire questions as well nicely um so i mean we'll kind of skip the favorite favorite artist one because you've obviously just said the offspring which is i mean i do i do find like i i tend especially guitar music i tend to gravitate towards like the heavier end of the spectrum but there, i do have like a soft spot for like that you know pop punk sound because it's just so yeah f- it's just you put it on and it's just so fun and jovial and makes you bounce around and stuff and it's good stuff i'm still dressing like you know i'm 17 years old <laughs> like baggy pants just i've got like a bike chain necklace i've got a bike chain um bracelet just stuff like that the only thing i don't do is um i don't spike my hair anymore uh, but, boo, <laughs> boo. yeah I, no, it just got to the point where i was sick of just having all this gunk in my hair and spend um, it like but, but yeah I, I essentially look like a skater kid from like the mid 2000s just like <laughs> any given day <laughs> uh i mean i was like i used to love the um the tony hawks games where you could create a skater and you could basically make yourself look like what you wanted to look like in that so you know you'd have the baggy yes. jeans and all that stuff so 
that was that's what I've been um telling to Ross that I'm I'm trying to push um uh what was it the Shady Lou cart I've been trying to push uh, Shady Lude skateboarding. Oh, yeah. Um, so essentially just uh, Tony Hawk's pro skater with tits because I just want an excuse to make, like, unapologetic pop-punk music. Yes. Like, just get my old Ibanez, turn on the um, the tube screamer, and then just go nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe he'll listen to me one day. <laughs> it's, I mean people will buy it I, there was I, I mean going off on a tangent again i don't know how familiar you are there was um i don't know i've never played it but i always see it in shops for the ps2 there was a game called i think it was on xbox called bmx bmxxx and it was just basically a bmx game with tits and <laughs> but it was, it was supposed That's to be fairly brilliant. realistic <laughs> yeah i don't I, I literally have no idea how good it is i imagine it's that sort of like someone had rough code for a bmx game and then they were like oh we're not going to be able to ship this because turns out you know there's a company making all these really good extreme sports games and (laughs) we need we need something to make it sell and they did that but yeah there's there's definitely a market for it anyway i mean i fucking love skateboarding games anyway so (laughs) (laughs) so good So yeah, back back to the quick fire questions before I get distracted again. Um, so start off just just your your first thing that comes to mind. So your your favorite game of all time. Tekken three. Nice. How much do you hate people that use Eddie and just mash the buttons? That's fine. I know how to block. Ah, uh, oh, oh, you you know how to play it. <laughs> Yeah, I've um I've started well, started. I'm trying to play um a little bit more uh competitively now. Like it turns out after however many years of me living in Perth, there's like a, a local Tekken uh, <laughs> scene. So I've gone down a couple of nights, um, and all of a sudden, like you know, in my circle of friends, I was the best Tekken player. And then, like, within one night, I was the worst Tekken player. And I had the time of my life just getting demolished. <laughs> um, so there's always room to improve. Um, yeah. And then I, I entered the tournament, and I didn't come, like, dead last. So I'm pretty chuffed about that. Nice. Um, so, yeah, like, I I know how to play. Like, I know basic movement. And I'm trying to learn frames. Um, I know the theory. I just uh, need to get practical with it. Um, but yeah, I've been using the same character, Hall Rank 4 however many years since Tekken 3 yeah I think it's 1997 98 yeah um, so yeah like, I know how to use him well and yeah it's just I just love the game nice yeah it's I've not played many of the modern Tekken games but I think Tekken 3 is probably my my favorite of the franchise so fucking love it I remember getting it getting the demo with my PS1 one Christmas and just with just Shayu and Eddie as yeah. a two playable character yeah that's <laughs> yeah. the one and it's just like so you know as soon as they learn i think it's square and circle or square and uh, x and circle and you just press <laughs> those buttons and he does all the mad break dance and shit and um yeah, yeah. you just you just learn how to low block and you'll be yeah. fine low yeah. block then counter <laughs> yeah that's that's probably the top tip for ruining people's lives that play as eddie <laughs> <laughs> Then uh, the next of the quick fire questions: Your favorite game soundtrack of all time? Persona Five Royal. Nice. I'm still yet to play it. I've 
it's on my Christmas list. If whoever has me in my family secret Santa hears this, I would really appreciate it. But I feel I've messed, left that a bit less, a bit late. But yeah, I, I played Persona 4 Golden earlier in the year. And I was like, I put off playing a Persona game for so long because I knew how much of like a time drain they are. And just fucking yeah, I think. It. Because uh, I, I just recently finished playing Royal. It took me 129 hours. Yeah. Um, and so that was like, as I said before, the only game that I've played this year pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. I got burnt out a couple of times. Um, but, yeah, just incredible. Yeah. Incredible. I'm, I am looking forward to playing it. It's. I just, I just love the... The, the soundtracks themselves, they're just the combination of... I mean, it's hard to say what they're a combination of, but, like, battle themes that are just kind of anime intro themes with madness going on and vocals and all this crazy shit, and it's just so cool. Yeah, and... Because <clears throat> and I, I did, like, a playthrough of the original version as well, and then, like, Royal, it's just... Yeah, because you get like twenty nine extra tracks as well, and then because they complement the extra semester that you get. Yeah, and it's just like the original soundtrack was perfect as as it was, and then the other one just comes on. And it's like a completely whole different level. <laughs> um, yeah, there's like a hundred and thirty eight tracks all up now. Yeah. It's ridiculous, and there's like different genres and different styles as well. Yeah, because it's, like, it's just amazing. Because there's this whole um like jazz fusion style, um, it's kind of something for everyone. And there's there are sounds I've never even heard of before. Like Persona <laughs> is Persona's um another game that has inspired me heavily when um making tunes. Yeah, like there's just so much to take from it. Nice. Yeah, I look forward to playing it when i eventually get it hopefully for christmas um <laughs> and in a similar sort of vein your favorite soundtrack from a film and or a tv series i don't really listen to kind of like tv and movie soundtracks like i do with games yeah. um, they just hit differently for me um so i i just say like my favorite movie um which has got a pretty banging soundtrack as well was a back to the future oh yeah yeah classic like part one is damn almost a near perfect movie yeah i mean one and two are just amazing three i can take or leave but <laughs> <laughs> i've actually really uh started to appreciate three more over the years yeah i've um, not i've it's not number two that i'm starting to kind of get a bit iffy about yeah I feel I feel futuristic stuff always kinds of ends up not working out well when you get to the year it's set in. <laughs> oh no, um, not not in in that vein. All right, now it's my turn for a tangent. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if because they went to the future to save Marty's kids, yeah, and then they went back, that future could still happen because you can't necessarily change it, the future. It, yeah. Yeah, you, you can't change the future from the present. It's kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, now you've now you've said that, and it logically makes sense that film's ruined. Yeah. Um. But mind you, like, I'm one of these Back to the Future buffs kind of thing, and like one of the things the director Robert Zemeckis said, they're like, if because he didn't know he was going to get a sequel, it wasn't until um he rented a tape 
um, of the first one, and at the end, it said, like, to be continued. So he called up the studio, and he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, well, it, it did really well with um, at cinema, so we're going to make a second one. He's like, well, if you told me it's going to make a second one, I never would have had him going to the future, especially with Jennifer there, because that's why she wasn't really in Namatodo, because he didn't know what to do with her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I, I had no idea about that, and yeah, yeah. That, that's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna have to watch them all again now. Um, that'd be a good good Christmas watching. Yeah, do it. Treat yourself. Yes. While you're playing Persona Five Royal, just have like <laughs> seven screens going at once. Uh, my with God. your two computers. <laughs> yeah, my uh, like stimulation overload. I'd just sit there like staring at the ball or something, crying because I couldn't be able to cope with that much stuff going on. <laughs> uh, that's right. You should see my setup. I've got. Well, I had like six seven screens but then i kind of combined two into like um uh ultra wide curved one mm, nice <laughs> so now i've got like i've got that i've got my vertical i've got my big tv up the top i've got the laptop i've got the got my mobile phone and then i can all connect to each other and it's just there is just so much blue light in this room <laughs> and it's so hot, so hot all the time <laughs> Yeah, nice. I mean, I do, I do like the idea of having like that sort of setup that you dreamed of in the past, like when you were growing up. So I want all the screens, and then you actually have it. It's like, oh my god, this is this is too much. (laughs) So it'd be good for actually, it'd be good for England anyway, because like your summers are cold anyway, aren't they? Um, I mean, probably compared to to yours, but I felt like i was very hot this summer but also we don't cope when it's like when it's like reasonably hot here because nothing's designed for it being reasonably hot it's just horrific (laughs) it's like if sun comes out from behind the clouds at all you're hot yeah it's like that's that's england (laughs) yeah that's pretty much it and it's like it's weird because it's like you go away somewhere else and it's actually hotter but it just feels that you're everything's prepared to deal with that heat whereas here it's like there's so much like we'll keep the heat in we'll keep the heat in and it's like when it gets to summer it's like yeah you're keeping like 900 degrees in the house now i'm slowly fucking cooking yeah isn't that why a a bunch of people in england started dying recently or having like severe heat strokes because it was properly it was properly hot for once and then because you guys houses aren't don't have the insulation for it to be properly hot yeah and you were just cooking yeah i mean every time we have sort of like a real hot thing it's like you get all the people moaning about it on the internet and you get americans going well it's 90 degrees here and it's fine it's like yeah because it's meant to be like our houses are designed (laughs) to keep all that sorry really sorry for that american accent um um, it's like yeah like our houses are designed to keep heat in so when it gets hot they're not designed for that so yeah it's doesn't go well but yeah (laughs) i digress (laughs) So yeah, I think think just to kind of round it up, um, is there any sort of like uh, any soundtracks games you're working on at the minute? Obviously, you mentioned you're still doing stuff for Shady Ludcat and Slime Girl Smoothies. Is there any other games you're working on at all? Redacted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah, I've got a pretty big NDA uh, at the moment, but hopefully we'll have an announcement soon. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, yeah. Uh, aware you wouldn't be able to there's always going to be something you're not allowed to talk about but obviously there's 
we'll just say there's something coming and you will let us know when that happens yeah 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 i'll be down for that yeah cool and i mean the best best place to keep up with your yourself is twitter or is yeah twitter um i think my online handle is altered ego 88 yeah um because some account who's never posted anything ever uh with no profile picture and with no likes or follows uh took the original altered ego so there's that yeah um, so yeah altered ego 88 and then i think i don't have instagram uh i don't have i think that's it just twitter yeah that's cool on facebook as well if you can find me yeah i'll pop i'll pop the link to your twitter and the episode bio when it goes live um and yeah so there is there is some stuff you're working on but obviously you can't talk about and shady ludcar you still writing tracks for that as more content comes out um i think i have two two songs yeah two songs left because um, this is my biggest one so far. I think I've done like uh, 38 of them so far, yeah. like on and off since 2018. So it hasn't been like um, I haven't been like crunching or anything. Um, but yeah, it's been good. It's been a long one, but very rewarding. Yeah. Um, cool. So two two songs to that, and then um, there's this other one that I'm working on, which unfortunately I can't say. Um, maybe a third into that, and then not too sure what will happen after that. I'm sure Ross will give me something else. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he'll finally greenlight that Tony Hawks with tits game. Yeah. Titty Hawks, pro skater. Titty Hawks. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. That's, yeah, I got a message about that. <laughs> that's, that just, that can just be the pitch. Just that name <laughs> on a presentation. You get like everyone in the room. It's like, I've got an idea and it's just the Tony Hawks pro skater logo, but just <laughs> For titty. For to elaborate, leaves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, I mean, I'm sure, sure Tony Hawk would want to be in it as well. So, well, I'm fairly sure the old games had tits anyway with the Daisy character. Yeah, they did. There was there was always kind of like a, a semi sort of, not fully naked, but like lewd skater in all of them you could unlock. I think the first one had like the army woman, and then the second one had a police woman, and also Spider Man. Not that Spider Man's <laughs> lewd, but. I don't know. Has the internet exists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, don't don't Google that. Um, <laughs> or do if you want. You know. But yeah. Don't don't Google it if you're if you like your mind being pure and good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I mean, yeah. That's uh, kind of came to the end of the questions I had for you, Adam. Is there, I mean, anything you would like to add or at all? Not really. Um, just <clears throat> just a huge thank you to um ross and morgada for um bringing me up bringing me on and keeping me on um i can say they're paying my bills and i'm eternally grateful um and for you for having me on here as well um yeah th- this has been an absolute blast oh, good. and i i think i only started a couple of times so that's good that's <laughs> oh, good um, i mean yeah it's, i've really enjoyed it and thank you for thank you for your time and chatting to myself it's been been really enjoyable really had a really good time on a on a wednesday morning in winter england 
And I'd like to thank Adam for coming on the podcast and giving great insight into his works. As always, the next episode of Beats and Bleeps will be live a week on Thursday. Uh, that's available wherever you get your podcasts. I'd also like to thank you very much for listening and supporting the podcast. We appreciate it and I hope you have and a wonderful And I'd like day. to play the episode out with a snuffer track from the Frogan soundtrack. This is the main title theme. <laughs>